Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. It is a doubleheader weekend for the Toronto Rock as the team will be in Georgia on Friday night and then home to San Diego on Saturday night. A massive weekend, of course, coming off of a tough result last weekend where the Toronto Rock offense struggled in a 10-6 loss to the Georgia Swarm. But the good news is they get a chance for a little bit of payback on Friday night in Georgia against those same Georgia Swarm. Now, if you've been paying attention to things uh, as we record this on Friday afternoon, the team did announce a couple of roster moves. Dan Dawson and Bill Hostrauser will not play on Friday night. They are on the physically unable to perform list due to uh, non-COVID illness. And Josh Jubinville has been placed on the injured reserve list. So those three gentlemen will be unavailable for Friday night's game against the Swarm. Going to the active roster, Aaron Forster and Justin Scott, a couple of forwards will move from the practice roster to the active roster And the third player going to the active roster is Jordan McKenna, who moves from the holdout list to the active roster. He was unable to be a part of things around the Toronto Rock for a large part of the season because of his commitments to his uh, university hockey career. Of course, Jordan is a native of Nova Scotia and uh, was here playing uh, junior A lacrosse previously for the Orangeville North Bend and uh, has played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and was playing for York University at the uh, Ontario University hockey level. So uh, Jordan McKenna will likely be sliding into the lineup on Saturday night, or sorry, Friday night in Georgia. And uh, it's, it's a big one for the Toronto Rock. But we'll talk about that and more in the back half of the show, but we do have to get to our guest on this week's program, and that is none other than Brian Shanahan, of course, longtime color analyst for the Toronto Rock, writer for Inside Lacrosse and other stops in between. But uh, back by popular demand, it is Shanny. Let's jump right to him. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock along with Brian Shanahan back on the show by popular demand. Shanny, welcome back. <laughs> I like that, popular demand. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. All right, well, let's uh, let's dive right into things. I just kind of want to take a bit of a trip around the league. Lots of storylines, I think, to pursue. And uh, feel free to jump in as well if there's any other storylines you want to touch on. But uh, first, I want to start with uh, with the West Division because – the Toronto Rock and, of course, East Division teams. You only play outside your division twice in the year. We've already played in Vancouver, San Diego, coming to Toronto this weekend. It'll be the only time a West team comes to Rock City here uh, now in Hamilton. But um, what do you make of the West overall? Because there's been so much talk this year. I think that the East is the stronger uh, division, and it seems like everybody has maybe perhaps jumped to uh, – They've made it perhaps a foregone conclusion that that fifth team in the East is going to be the crossover to become the fourth seed in the West. You know, what what overall do you make of the strength of the West? Well, like a typical Easterner Toronto person, I say the East is stronger than the West. And 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 I do think, I, with all due respect to uh, San Diego, who I think are a, a great team, have had a great season. I, I just think there's a lot of good teams in the East. It's a tougher division. I mean, you know, just look at 
you know, you got you got Buffalo, Halifax, Toronto, Georgia, who's who's really on a good run. Um, and yeah, a lot of teams. I, yeah, I do think it's a weaker division in the West. Uh, I, I I didn't expect uh, Saskatchewan to be where they are this year. I really thought it was going to be, you know, they would be fighting for one, you know, number one spot, and and probably San Diego and Colorado behind them. But yeah, they've taken a bit a big drop off, and I I think it's great that they do have that rule where the fourth seed in the West it could potentially be an Eastern team, and and as it looks. Well, as of today, it would be, but that that could change. And I think it's it's not even entirely fair, but you'll never find an entirely fair way to do it because you could also argue that a team in the East will have a worse record because they're playing the teams in the East all the time. So, uh, but but I, I still have a feeling that it's going to end up that way with three teams in the West making it and one of the Eastern teams taking that fifth spot. But yeah, I, I do think that it's, you know, Calgary has not had a good season. Obviously, Saskatchewan is not. I love what uh, the Panther City has done, though. And I never saw that coming. I don't think anybody did. It's starting the season one and eight and, and winning five in a row and, and, and a few very tough wins in there. They beat Colorado twice. So I love that story. I think that's one of the stories of the year. And, and in fact, if I was talking stories of the year, that's one of them at this point. And, and, you know, maybe the, the, one of the other big stories is how bad Saskatchewan has been. Like, even if Saskatchewan runs the table, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Is there anything that you can put your finger on with Saskatchewan that jumps out as to why they've kind of struggled? I know some people have kind of hinted that maybe there's not necessarily championship fatigue, but that team has played some pretty important games for a long stretch of time. And, you know, a similar group, and there's been pieces of the group that have kind of been subtracted over the years. I think a big one is Ben McIntosh, obviously not being there. Um, you know, and you've had Aaron Bold and Evan Kirk as the goaltenders, and obviously both of those gentlemen have moved on. You know, is there anything you can put your finger on there? I, I think goaltending has been one of them. Uh, you know, I, I think they sort of rested everything, put all their eggs in one basket with shoot, and, and I not that he's to blame but he hasn't been, he hasn't been good either. Right. Um, I think that's one of the factors and that was, um, you know, I, I don't think a year ago that was uh, their plan. Um, but uh, I think that's been one of the factors, but I also think, you know, the effect of going from a legendary coach, Derek Keenan to, uh, to your backup coaches and, and, and not to blame them, but it's tough to go to the assistant coaches. I like to think of it as, as it's like you're going to the good cops and all of a sudden saying, now you guys have to be the bad cops. And I think that's a really hard transition. And, and the funny thing, almost the ironic thing is way back in oh, 2004, I believe it was when Les Bartley had got sick and had to pass on the team to his assistants in Toronto it was Derek Keenan and Eddie Como and they got fired about uh, five or six games into the season with a two and four record. A lot of people thought maybe that wasn't fair at the time, but you know, sports isn't always about being fair, but they both turned out to be great coaches since. Uh, and even then I thought it probably turned out to be a good move because Terry Sanderson took the season te the team over and turned it around. And I think sometimes you just need that different voice. It's very tough to go from the head legendary coach to his assistants. And I, I think that's part of it there as well, but yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I feel bad for them, but plus they're not as young as they were like as a team, 
uh, you know, four or five years ago when they were winning 2015, 2016. Now, when you look at Panther City, you know, you mentioned them as potentially, you know, one of, if not the story of the year, really in the league and how they've uh, caught fire recently and strung together a bunch of wins. I mean, they're sitting there, they've got the same number of wins as Vancouver. Um, you know, they still do have a shot of, of getting in. And I think, you know, there's even the possibility that that third place team in the West might actually have a, a record maybe even worse than that East crossover team, but they'd still be uh, in third well, place, right. obviously. But um, it's it, that's why the West, you know, I think it's just been wild this year. But, you know, if Panther City gets in, if they get in, like the one game showdown in the first round, they've shown this propensity to be able to step up and, and just win games for whatever reason in some respects. But like, do you think there's a chance that these guys could, you know, you say maybe sneak into the playoffs, but you know, do you think there's a chance they could win around here? Yeah. I like a, a one game. I think every team, especially higher seed teams have to be so afraid of those one game uh, knockouts. And I know the NLL was always, you know, played one game knockouts, but it is just so tough because it's not necessarily the best team. It's the best team on that day. It's so a lot of things could come. I mean, you need a great game plan, but you know, if your goalie has a bad day or the other goalie is hot, there's so many things that can happen in, in a one game knockout. Yeah. I do think they have a chance and, and, and they're believing in themselves right now. I think Tracy Kleski's done a great job and, 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 you know, their management, I think it's Bob Hamley too. He's, he's had a couple of pickups who have done really well. Uh, that, uh, what's his name? Farrell, I think. Uh, yep, rookie Dean Farrell, yep. Uh, Dean Farrell, he's played very well. Um, uh, what's his name? Milligan? Patrick oh. Dodds has been really good. Oh, Ken Patrick Milligan. Dodds yeah. Ridiculous. And Milligan, that's what I was going to say. Milligan's been a great pickup. And, and he's been around for years and never really caught on with anybody, but he's played great there. But, yeah, Dodds, it, it's almost a sh- – shame like he'd be a runaway rookie of the year if not for jeff teat and he's still like i I, he's made it a competition i i believe you know like he's you know dodds has been getting you know eight nine points many games so i think it's making it a bit of a competition i still think teat will probably win it at the end of the day but still it's it's an exciting year for rookies all over the league not just those two guys so let's uh, shift over to the East and uh, you know, we we've already kind of maybe established that the competition has been a, a bit stiffer there. Maybe the, you know, the top three, four teams are, are maybe three of the top five best teams in the league, maybe somewhere in there, but um, let's talk about the Buffalo bandits first. I mean, the only loss of the season came at the hands of the Toronto rock uh, yeah. earlier in the year in, uh, in Hamilton, but you know, through 14 games, I was just looking at this right now, and I don't know if this team's going to slow down at all here at some point, but their goal differential is plus 60 in 14 oh. games. And you sit there and you think about how often we talk about the National Lacrosse League as a one or two goal league, right? Where you're usually winning games by one or two goals, right? Like a lot of nights, but plus 60 over 14 oh, games, God. like this team scores and scores a ton yeah yeah they sure do it and plus they've got it coming from everywhere i mean they they the talent they have up front is just ridiculous you know between dane smith and uh um uh burns and oh to hope uh, i mean they they've got so much talent up front uh, and that they can kill you from many different weapons and even i, I went to the game last week against halifax and 
they dominate. At one point, Halifax was winning, I think, 8-6. And I thought, like, Halifax doesn't deserve to be winning this game. And even though I think it was, you know, it was either late in the half or early in the second half, I thought, there's no way Buffalo doesn't win this. They're just too good. And sure enough, and yet most games I watch them play, they, they might not be winning or might not be playing great. And But then the talent just takes over, you know, plus uh, Vince could have a bad period. And then the next period, you remember why he's maybe the best goalie in the history of the NLL. Like, and, and I even saw that last week, let in a few outside shots, but then third, fourth quarter, it looked like nothing could get by him. So they, they've got it all. I mean, they, they are a stacked team and, and, you know, give the rock credit because the rock were the better team than last time they met. And I'm sure if they were to meet in the playoffs, I'm sure Buffalo would not be relaxed about it. Well, that, uh, that would be amazing. I think if there was a Buffalo Toronto uh, series uh, or even a one gamer in the first round, if that's the way it shakes out, uh, those two teams can meet in the playoffs. It looks like the way the, the fans have traveled from Buffalo uh, earlier this year, it would be pretty cool to see uh, a lot of people in Toronto. If uh, there was a series and the game was in Toronto, as we've seen Buffalo's uh, pretty well locked up uh, first place. And, and that kind of brings me to my next thought is just with, with Buffalo getting the better of Halifax in those two games last weekend and the rock losing to Georgia, suddenly the East division <laughs> standings oh, in the no. middle part are ridiculously close uh, how do you see this thing shaking out? Because, you know, I think Halifax has got probably a pretty favorable schedule down the stretch, but, you know, the Rock have still got, obviously, these games, Georgia, San Diego, Halifax, Buffalo, and then as well as Rochester in there, who you can't take lightly either. But, you know, the Rock have a very difficult schedule down the stretch here. Georgia's getting hot. Halifax, you know, they're not going to keep losing, <laughs> right? They've lost four in a row, but you, you don't see that continuing. So, how is this whole thing going to shake out, Shani? It's tough, but I think a lot of it depends on what, what happens with the Rock this weekend. This is a very tough weekend for the Rock. We all know how well Georgia, Georgia's won four in a row. And, and it's funny because earlier in the year, they were such a mediocre team. You know, they, they didn't win two games in a row all season until they won these four in a row. So they found their game at the right time. And, you know, they're, they're a team, they're not as good as they were back in, what, 2017 when they won. But they still have a lot of the talent from that team. Not as deep, but they also still have a coaching. I think Eddie, Cotto, Eddie Como always has his teams prepared, you know, and they will always go out and do their best. So they're a tough team anytime. And the Rock is, is meeting them, you know, when they're playing their best lacrosse. And, and obviously, then you know, Rock's meeting a, a refreshed or arrested San Diego on, on Saturday. So... It's a very tough weekend for the Rock. I think this weekend will help determine where the Rock finish. I, I've been unimpressed, actually, with Halifax this year. I think they've been doing it with smoke and mirrors because they've got the worst power play in the NLL, the worst penalty killing in the NLL. I, 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 I think uh, their goaltender, Hill, is a reason they won a lot of these close games early in the season. I just don't think they're that good, but they just kept winning until this recent uh, – slump but that'll probably change this weekend as they play rochester so so yeah that might get them on a run again so i think it's going to be a battle for second place between you know georgia rochester and the rock and and you know three or four weeks ago i i would have thought that georgia would be fighting for that fifth playoff spot and now they've got a legitimate chance of taking second place so you mentioned halifax there what did you make of uh kind of the roster retool here um before they lost uh the four in a row 
Well, it hasn't worked. I mean, I'm, I'm a Sean Evans fan, but they've lost every game since they got Sean Evans. And I'm not blaming Sean Evans, obviously. You know, he's put up some numbers. But uh, I, I don't think that move worked for them at this point, at least not yet. Um, uh, the one about, you know, releasing Jackson, I, I don't think Jackson was having a great season. Um, but I, you know, they picked up, uh, I think Dawson feed and I, I watched, I watched, um, a bit of both games last week. I, I thought he looked pretty good. So I'm not as outraged as the lacrosse fans seem to be about losing, you know, letting Jackson go. Although I think, you know, he's a great guy, great for the community and all that. But sometimes, you know, if, I, from what I understand, he was, you know, put on the practice roster and, and for good reason, he didn't want to be on a practice roster. He'd rather play somewhere than be on a practice roster and, and good for him. And he, and he performed well for Philly last week, but I, I don't think it was outrageous for them to let him go. I, I, you know, I, I don't put him in as their top offensive guys and, and maybe they knew something about feed when they made that move and, and it's looked good so far, but yeah, you, you got to look at, you know, the moves have not worked, but in, in fairness to them, they played Buffalo twice. Although if you had looked at the schedule about a month ago, you would have thought, oh, Buffalo and Halifax battle for first place. It wasn't much of a battle last week, and Buffalo was the better team by far. Yeah, you mentioned it. It's been an interesting story to track here, obviously, with those moves, the Sean Evans trade, a, a big acquisition. And like you say, I, I'm in the same boat. I've always been a big fan of Sean Evans and, and uh, back to his junior days and watching him just uh, do things for – for Peterborough in a Minto Cup, and then the next year for Six Nations in a in a Minto Cup, and he was a pretty awesome player to watch, especially through junior and through uh, through his lengthy career now, right? So solid Hall of Famer, no question. I mean, his career's not over yet, but yeah, yeah. he's one of the best all time. Yeah, for sure. All right, Shane. Well, let's uh, just quickly wrap up on the Rock and and just some of their struggles last week against Georgia, and maybe just a little bit more about how this game's going to sort itself out uh, potentially on Friday night. But you know, the Rock ten uh, six final, but a couple empty netters there. It's really kind of more of an eight six game, right? But yeah. um, you know, I, I think it's you know you walk into any arena, any lacrosse game, and you know you're going to have to score goals to win. And no, that, that, on this night, the Rock only came up with six of them. How do they shake those struggles against Georgia coming into this weekend? I, I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it, it just happens where a team is flat. I mean, you saw what the Rock was like in Vancouver a few weeks ago. I mean, it, it was the opposite. They were just, you know, fantastic offensively. So, uh, you know, hopefully the sticks are working. And, and, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if you give credit to Georgia for, you know, goaltending, stifling defense, or if it's just one of those nights. I, I, I believe it was just one of those nights the Rock came up flat. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if the, the players are thinking about Dawson breaking his record and focusing on that. and, and or, or, you know, I, I have no idea, but it was just one of those nights. And I think as a coach, sometimes you got to shake it off and just say it wasn't our night. We came up flat. Nobody, nobody was hot. Right? Nobody on the offense was hot. They can't be upset with, you know, basically eight goals again. So defensively, they were fine. But yeah, you've got to score more than six goals. And I fully expect them to do it uh, tonight. Yeah, tonight. But uh, you you hope that they get going early. Like, like you know, the longer you start going, you know, with just one goal or two goals, it, it becomes, oh my gosh, what do we got to do to beat this goalie? And, you know, the hands tighten on the sticks and all that. So I think the Rock 
would really like to get something going early. And I also think even with Poulin, like I, I love Poulin as a goalie, but I, I, I think he's one of these guys sometimes you got to get to early. You know, you get to him early and he might not have the greatest game, but, uh, you know, sometimes he gets better as the game goes on. You know, like as, you know, many veterans do, they, they, they shake it off. So I think they would love to get him early. In the history of the Rock in Georgia, they have gotten to Poulin a number of times and they'd like to do it again tonight. Yep, for sure. All right, Shane. Well, thanks a lot for uh, for doing this here on uh, on a Friday afternoon, and we're looking forward to the games this weekend, and looking forward to chatting again as always. Excellent, Mike. Have a great weekend, and good luck to the Rock. All right, thank you. That was Brian Shanahan, longtime analyst for the Toronto Rock and the National Cross League. We'll take a short break on Toronto Rock Total Access, and be back to wrap it up in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Got to thank Shani for stopping by and jumping on the podcast to give us his perspective on not only the Toronto Rock, but what is going on around the rest of the NLL. Now, before we get into what's going on the rest of the weekend here, uh, I want to jump into the Toronto Rock Total Access listener mailbag. Yes, it's back after a long, long time. And this was actually uh, a little bit um, of a surprise, we'll say, because... We hadn't really solicited any uh, any viewer mail or anything like that, but or listener mail, sorry. Uh, but we got we got a letter from a longtime listener, TJ Savage, our good friend. Uh, but he hasn't written in in a while. But uh, we're glad to hear from him. So I'm gonna read his uh, his note here that he sent us. And of course, we do encourage. Uh, any kind of listener email or questions, or if you want to hear from somebody, not only from the Toronto Rock, but maybe the lacrosse world, if you want them on the podcast, feel free to drop us an email at totalaccess at torontorock.com. It's just that easy. Okay, let's get into TJ's note. Great to hear from Toronto Rock Total Access again. Now that the NLL is back on the floor, I had shamelessly forgotten that the season started, but noticed new episodes in my podcast library a couple of weeks in, which clued me in. And this is a great side note. We'll pause TJ's uh, listener mail, but this is a great side note. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, everything to make sure that you know when a new episode's up. Great, great segue for us there, TJ. All right, back to what TJ has had to say. Great to hear that TSN is bringing games to TVs once again. That is great, especially as some early games were closed to spectators. That is true. It is. Uh, it has been a big thing. Uh, unfortunately, TJ doesn't get TSN, so for the time being, the podcast remains his best source of the team's progression through the season. It's nice to be kept up to date on the rock with the insight that you, that's me, and your guests provide to the game itself, both on and off the floor, and the off-the-floor lives of the team says, for example, some of the poker games from uh, during the pandemic, where to get the best chicken wings, which, of course, we've talked about with a few of the players, and who's looking good to win Survivor. So he does love the what you're watching uh, kind of chit-chat. And with all the hype around Dangerous Dan Dawson this season, I've gone back to rewatch the 2005 Champions Cup game. Here's hoping he'll come out on top with The Rock this year. Thanks, Mike, for continuing the podcast broadcast. TJ. All right, TJ, I feel like we got to send you some swag or something. I'll be in touch, buddy. We'll get you, we'll get you some rock merch or something. I know you're a longtime listener, and uh, thanks for writing in. And that doesn't mean that writing in gets you a free T-shirt, okay, folks? But we love to hear from people. Maybe we'll start rewarding 
the letter of the week maybe or the email of the week with a little Toronto Rock merch pack or something like that. But, uh, yeah, so again, thanks, TJ. Again, total access at torontorock.com. You can ship us an email anytime you like. So let's get to the business here. Friday night in Georgia. If you're listening to this before the Georgia game, well, you know it's a big one. And if you're listening to this podcast after the game, that is to be played Friday night at 7.30 at the Gas South Arena in Georgia. Um, Well, you'll know the result of the game. So hopefully we're celebrating and a big win, a big divisional win, and get that that W back that kind of snuck away from us last week in Rock City in Hamilton on March 26th. But anyways, this is a big divisional matchup. Of course, the Rock kind of maybe going into that game last week had the benefit of knowing that Lyle Thompson wasn't going to be playing. The transaction kind of came through midday before the game. It was an early 5 o'clock start. But I don't know. Sometimes I think there's a split school of thought there. I feel like I'm on the other side of it where I don't think the advantage is really in the fact that you're not playing against one of the best players in the world. I think it's the disadvantage of all the other players on the Swarm kind of know and, and this goes for any team that's missing their best player, not necessarily just the Swarm. But those teams have to raise their game. All those other players, they all sit there in the locker room and say, we've all got to play better tonight because we're missing our guy. We're missing our guy that can go out and win us the game. And the collective effort of the group just rises that much more. And I think that's kind of what we saw. And great goaltending, great defense, limited the Rocks, uh, you know, real quality scoring chances, we'll say. And despite the fact that the Rock outshot the Swarm, it was the Swarm coming away with a 10-6 win. And, of course, that did come with a couple of empty net goals there as the Rock were pushing to kind of get things a little bit closer. It was a one-goal game heading into the fourth quarter after the Rock only put up two goals in the first half, but kind of battled back, down 6-5 heading into the final frame, but were unable to come all the way back and uh, tie that game at any point. And they definitely weren't able to take the lead, obviously, with the final score. So all that is said and done and we are moving on here so a big game on friday night and then saturday night the west leading san diego seals come to town they're nine and three coming into this game it is the rocks second game that's it they only played twice outside of the division already played vancouver now playing san diego so the rocker one and oh against the west this year hoping to go to two and oh on saturday night when they take on the seals Game time is 7 o'clock in Rock City in Hamilton, first Ontario Centre. There are still some great seats available in the lower bowl, but they are truthfully going fast, and you can take a look at the interactive seating map at Ticketmaster.ca, select your seats, but you can also see there aren't too many pairs or uh, multiples above two available. So whenever you're hearing this, as long as it's before the game, I would not waste any time whatsoever and get to Ticketmaster.ca and get those seats ASAP so that you're in the building on Saturday night at 7. Now, of course, if you cannot make it, there are other ways to watch the game, including on TSN and also through TSN's digital platforms at TSN.ca and the TSN app. Simply go to torontorock.com broadcast if you want some more information on how to stream the game and obviously looking at the broadcast schedule as well. It's all there for you at torontorock.com. And in this case, torontorock.com slash broadcast. So we are fired up about this weekend. A fantastic crowd, just under 9,000 last week in Rock City. We're expecting a crowd 
pretty close to that. Probably not quite the same number, but uh, still a very solid crowd in back-to-back weeks. And um, we got to thank everybody who participated and came out and stuck around for the autograph session after the game. I know the players really appreciate that stuff. And, you know, it is a bit tougher, obviously, for everybody after a loss. But I think, you know, I, I, I was able to take in a few minutes of the autograph session after the game, went down to the floor and just listening to some of the interaction between the fans and uh, the players. You know, I think it quickly just turns to a pretty a positive experience for everybody because, you know what, as much as the fans love that opportunity to get an autograph from their favorite player in the end, I think the players enjoy it just about as much in the fact that they get to interact with the great fans of Rock City and get to hear their stories and, you know, find out why they love the team, who they love, who their favorite player is, what their experiences are. So many of the fans just kind of love to say, hey, I remember that game back a couple of years ago, or my first game was when you scored this goal back in, you know, 2016 or something like that, just to hear those stories. And I think that really connects with the fans quite a bit. And it's uh, pretty special to see and hear, of course, those uh, relationships and interactions with our fans. So thank you to the fans. Thank you to the players. Thank you to everyone for putting on a fantastic show last Saturday. And this Saturday, hoping to get back on the winning track, 5-2 and two at home in Rock City, looking to improve to 6-2 and two when the Seals are in town. Again, Ticketmaster.ca, you can grab your tickets. And uh, there will be a very large contingent in attendance uh, from various Ontario Minor Lacrosse Associations throughout the province. And we got to thank everybody for stepping up Big, big, big and supporting uh, minor lacrosse night and getting out there in big numbers. So I think you'll see kind of a smattering of minor lacrosse jerseys uh, out there in the crowd on Saturday night. And uh, just a, a great way really to kick off the return of lacrosse here in Ontario this summer after two years of having some limited return to activity. But this year it's back. It's going to be fantastic. We can't wait just to show up to your local arena, watch some minor lacrosse or catch a junior game or a major series game, uh, depending on where you are. But it's just going to be great to uh, to get back to it. It's something that Brian Shanahan actually mentioned a few weeks ago when he was a guest on the show, was just getting back to those relationships that you have and going to those certain ranks, whether it's a Brooklyn on a Wednesday night or a Peterborough on a Thursday or going to watch the Junior B Green Gales on a Thursday night at record. Any of those things where you run into those regular folks and uh, have a chance to say hello and do a little catching up face-to-face. So looking forward to all that. But business at hand, Friday night, Rock in Georgia, catch it on TSN Direct. And then Saturday night, The Rock will host the San Diego Seals, 7 o'clock at First Ontario Centre, back in Rock City, ticketmaster.ca for tickets. Or you can watch it on TSN and TSN Direct on Saturday night at 7. That will about wrap up this edition of the program. I do once again have to thank Brian Shanahan for giving us some time to chat here leading into this big doubleheader weekend. So in the meantime and in between time, I am Mike Hancock saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week.